It is The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We're about to get into our Bible study, 20 Million Movement Bible Study. Before we do, we have a we have text messages to talk about. Another question for our quiz with an amazing prize to give away on the book of Daniel. Yes. A game. A game. A Daniel game. Does this have like Nebuchadnezzar I'm going to describe it, actually. Does this have like all the big characters right. from history? All right. Here we go. Here we go. Players take turns to roll a dice and move their token around the board. If a player lands on a section of Nebuchadnezzar's statue, they collect a card. Only when a player completes their statue can they move into the middle circuit where they begin to collect imagery from Daniel's visions. Once all the image cards have been collected, then it's a risky journey to the center to win the game. So it's kind of like a tier. It's got like a beginning game and an end game and you're like racing your way through trying to collect the different cards and whatnot. So it's cool. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you, if you. Well, I haven't even said any questions yet. If you know the answer to the question that I'm about to tell you, God lengthened Hezekiah's life by how many years? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, it's God lengthened Hezekiah's life by how many years? Hezekiah, he had a big old boil. And he was going to die, but then he prayed a lot and said, God, lengthen my life. And God said yes for a certain period of time. And it didn't really serve anyone any good. Kind of ended up in a bit of a bad way. But if you know how long that time period was that his life was lengthened, 0491-064-669. All right, let's get into our text messages here. What you had to say this morning, we've been talking about the bush versus the beach. Which do you, which do you prefer? We've got a few votes here. It's for the beach. For the be- a lot of votes for the beach. <laughs> That's right. That's- Everybody like we're Aussies. This is what this is what I'm learning. So the beach is awesome. Australians listen to Faith FM radio. Okay, uh, who would have thought? Um, all right. Let's see here. Before we get back into Bush versus Beach, and we would love to hear what you've got to say. Bush versus Beach, which do you prefer? Lawson went to the beach this weekend. I went to the bush. Which would be your choice? 0491064669 is our number to call. But uh, here we've got, before we get to that, we've got a comment on the smartwatches. Mm-hmm. And Chris says, a smartwatch for dumb people? Amen. And uh, it raises an interesting question. Are smart devices making humans dumber? I I think that this argument has always come up. In fact, we've talked about it on the show. We don't have to think anymore because we can. Any question that comes up, you just Google it. But, but then the, you know more you because can, you, you can solve more. more problems. Because because it's like I don't think your ability to comprehend has decreased necessarily. It's just the way in which we keep information that will enable us to solve these problems. I think the two the technology is too young to know. What do you mean? Like, oh, like we, we haven't seen the yeah, long-term Okay, effects. so for instance, I mean, when I was a kid, we had to learn mental arithmetic, yeah. mental mathematics. We had uh-huh. to be able to calculate stuff in our mind without using a pen and paper mm-hmm. because our teachers would always say, you have to be able to do this because you won't always have a calculator in your pocket because we're like, why can't I use a calculator? Because you won't always have a calculator. Well, now I always have a calculator in my pocket yeah. and I don't think any schools teach mental arithmetic anymore. This actually changed halfway through my schooling. Like, when I was in primary school, I was, like, mental arithmetic all the way. Like, I, I loved calculating things in my brain. I hated writing down my working out. I could do it all in my head. But then I got into high school, 
And I think for year seven and year eight, it was still mental arithmetic. And I, I, yeah, it'd be like a big long problem. I'd just write down the answer and I'm like, look, it's correct. I know it's correct because I did it in my brain. And like whenever they give you working out sheets, I would scoff. I'd laugh. I'm like, what would I need that for? I can do it in my brain. And <laughs> then, brain. and then all of a sudden it just kind of changed over. And then it's like, oh no, you have to do, you have to write everything out. And because you get to use a calculator, I'm like, that's the worst. Like I could, but then I would do it in my brain also using a calculator and then it would still be correct. But then I'd lose marks. I've never, ever having... had a calculator in school. Yeah. Never. Oh no, no, no. I tell a lie. We're a scientific calculator. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. It's too long ago. Mm-hmm. Don't remember what it did. Anyway, getting back to, obviously didn't do much for me. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> we work in ministry, not, not the mathematic fields. All right. So uh, we're, we're, we're this, people sending text messages through and it makes my phone scroll. Mm. Uh, Karen says, my husband would choose the bush every day. So that's mm. from Karen. Um, and then Braden says, I'm a white redhead. So if, I, if I'm going to get burnt to a crisp, it may as well be at the beach. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Most white redheads I know avoid the beach like a plague and yeah. go for the rainforest. I'm almost redhead. I'm you very, are. I'm, you are I'm very right white. on the right. Uh, on the I'm move. very very pale. Uh, my mum is. Oh, I'm not very pale because my dad's kind of like olive, but my mum is like like ranger, like full yes. on. So I'm kind of in the middle, but I love the beach. You know, I just have to put lots of sunscreen on. I rarely use sunscreen. Wow. Good Sri Lankan genes coming through. Go Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what a beautiful, encouraging testimony. I also have uh, tattoos since learning more about um, Christianity. I decided firmly to not get more. It's interesting how loose Christian teaching still influences us to make choices. Mm. That one's from Sky. Then we've got uh, Felix's great testimony, a great testimony life. Uh, James, here we go. Bush. Any day, mm. bush over beach. There you go. We got another. We got another vote uh, for the bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen says a smartwatch tells us things we don't already know. So that's yeah, like you're dying and you need to see someone. <laughs> Karen says that you can have that. Naplan has calculator and non-calculator tests. So there you go. So, yeah, sure. they're obviously, obviously still teaching both. So yeah, I think, like I said, it was either I moved into year eight or into year nine, and it was we would do both. But here's the thing: once you get a calculator, I find myself pulling out the calculator to solve the stupidest, simplest it's things. Like, and I'm just to and make I, sure thinking, you got five point five plus five correct. You know, I'm thinking my brain is so dumb these days because I have a calculator in my pocket, and it's like what's. Seven times nine. Uh, just but but the that's the point. Again, in the transfer of how information is made important, it's like what's more important than understanding what the like being able to calculate the answer is knowing the formula to be able to calculate the answer. The formula is type it into your phone. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's the formula. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this one says that is what I call a really good news report. The man was not supposed to die quite yet. Obviously, the Lord had not finished with him. Hopefully, if he doesn't know the Lord Jesus, I pray he will choose this mm. second chance to do just that. Yeah, Amen. Kind of had a bit of a, prayer to be praying this morning. Had a bit of a Hezekiah moment himself. Yeah. Ask mm-hmm. for more time. Got more time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we go to this one. Says uh, rare document to Ishmael send. 
Too much of a coincidence not to be the biblical one, I would have thought. Archaeologists have made much bigger assumptions with much less than that, according to one of the books I am reading, Making Archaeology Biblical. Mm. Oh, this is so true. If in, in the world of archaeology and in the world of uh, dinosaurs, what's that one called? Uh, you have some, some of like the biggest assumptions just mm-hmm. coming out all the time. Uh, another one here. Greg has surely an amazing testimony. God can and will use anyone who is willing to live for Him. Mm. What an amazing, what an amazing God we have. He can pick us up from the bottom of the gar- garbage bin and use us for His glory. Totally. He came and lived among us uh, to the only spot in the universe where sin, garbage resides, and died to save us. Mm. Yeah, praise God. What a great testimony right there. Um, that we had this morning. Uh, let's see. Sky says, definitely the bush. You can cool off in the shade. No shade at the beach. I mean, there's artificial there's water. shade at the beach. Yeah, and water. You can cool off in the water. Uh-huh. But then, you know. Or you can throw up a. Or you can throw up a. Uh, like a quick shade. Yeah. Pop up tent. We were at the beach. We we're at Nobby's Beach, and they've got the kind of gazebos there. We went and ate under the gazebos and then went and played volleyball. I think the best thing about the beach yesterday was the fact that it was 23 degrees. <sighs> it was 23 degrees, sunny, and barely Bring it a on. bit of a breeze. It was amazing. Okay, and then finally, you if you go to the bush, you don't have to worry about taking all the sand home in the car. That's okay. My car is now mad. Because, <laughs> like I said, we were taking dives playing volleyball in the sand. Yes. And then now yes. my yes. car and my feet and my ears and everything was just covered in sand. So. Uh, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. All right. So that's what you had to say about the, the show this morning. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the Bible study now. As we get into our Bible study, we are going to be looking at. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, we're going to be looking at Dying Like a Seed. Mm-hmm. Good to see that the online version of this particular Bible study has the correct spelling. They did have a typo in the printed version. Oh. They left out the Y in dying. And it was just ding. Ding. <laughs> like a seed. <laughs> ding like a seed. It's like ding. Your time's up. Your life is over. I could imagine people like really reading it and they're like, what, is, what does this mean? Like they're trying to find. Well, I saw the paper the, one. The I'm like. Spiritual connection. Uh, yeah, I was. Honestly, I was. I was, I was like, ding like a. <laughs> when does a seed ding? <laughs> and of course, there's a picture, there's a drawing of a bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Flames around the outside of the bowl. Uh huh. And a tiny seed in the middle. And so I'm thinking, a stainless steel bowl, you drop a seed in, it goes ding. But what's that got to do with anything? And why is there flames around it? Obviously, it's actually a crucible with a seed in the middle of the crucible. It's about to make popcorn. But a seed is never going to go ding when it goes into a crucible, which is just made out of very thick, heavy stuff that's never going to go ding. I'm like... And then I was talking to somebody about it, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's actually not that bad. It's just a typo, but it's not that bad because, like, a timer. The timer goes off. Ding, ding. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, it fits with dying. Ding fits with dying. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Anyway, let's go to Philippians chapter two, verse five to nine. Philippians chapter two, verse five to nine. 
One of my favourite portions of the New Testament right mm. here. One of my favourite portions of the Pauline epistles. Let me go that direction. Well, this is a big old po- poetic quote right here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 9. It says, You must have the same attitude Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think it think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names." All right, let's go back to verse 5, and let me know what does verse 5 say. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Mm -hmm. So I always like to ask, what's the verb in this verse? Because the verb in this verse is the thing that we do Mm -hmm. in relationship to our salvation. It says here in my Bible, like, have. Mine says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. which is more of a verb. Mm -hmm. The word let is more Mm -hmm. of a verb. It's more of an action. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why they've reworded that in the NLT. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Calvinist view is that there can be no action involved Mm -hmm. in salvation Mm -hmm. because the moment there is action involved in salvation, then that means that grace is out the window and salvation has become works. Mm Whereas the view that we take is that there's this thing called prevenient grace, Mm -hmm. which means that before we make any action, God extends grace towards us. Mm -hmm. God gives us this grace to enable that action. And so the action of let, while it is our action, it is an action that is made available to us by God's grace. Mm -hmm. That's right. solely by grace. And it is solely by grace. And how does... how like? How does that grace work? Well, it works within the framework of our freedom of choice. Exactly. And this is where, of course, Calvinism doesn't believe in freedom of choice. Mm. And this is one of the, the big issues that I have with Calvinism because the moment you take away freedom of choice, the result is you now have no uh, love because love cannot exist without freedom. It's freedom of choice that actually creates the existence of love. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's ultimately God's fault that sin exists. And I've heard all kinds of reasons for people to say, like, yeah, God's sin exists because God wanted it to exist because it makes him look good. But then I'm like, how does it make God look good if sin exists? It's like, yeah, you just go around in circles with it. And they're like, well, we can't know everything about God. And I'm like, well, I have the Bible that tells me. The Bible tells me that God is love. We can know that. That's right. Yeah. We can know that. And God is not love if freedom of choice does not exist. You cannot you cannot put a gun to a person's head and say, you must love me. Mm. And, and, and they might, well, they can say, I love you, but that does not mean that they do. That they you do. cannot program a robot to love you. Mm-hmm. If you take away freedom of choice, you've taken away love. It simply does not exist. Mm-hmm. And so this is why I like this this passage here where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, because when it says that, it is telling us that God has extended his grace towards us mm. to enable us to have the power of choice. That's right. We have the ability to respond. Yes, only by God's grace. Mm. Without God's grace, we would not have the ability to be able to respond. We would be trapped in sin. Mm. There would be no love. That's right. That's such a good point, Lyle. Oh, can you can we just summarize that by saying that God's love 
enables choice. That's what it is. Without God's love, all we can choose is sin. Like, we have no choice. But with God's love, he actually enables us to have choice. Amen. That's amazing. It is. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely amazing. All right, so the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The verb there being let. Mm. Sometimes we think that we have to do all kinds of things to have the mind of Jesus, whereas the Bible says, let him come in. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone opens the door, mm. a Calvinist would say, No, there's, you can't open the door. That's an impossibility. Whereas an Arminian would say, God gives you grace so you can get up out of your chair and walk to the door and turn that door handle, which only exists on the inside of the door. Yeah. A a Bible reader would say, someone has to open the door and Jesus isn't opening it. That's right. He's knocking. (laughs) He's knocking. A Calvinist would say that he is the one. A Calvinist puts the door handle (laughs) on the outside. Yeah, that's so true. An Arminius puts puts the door handle on the inside. Then why does Jesus knock? That's so funny. It's like, oh, like, yeah, I don't know. Just read yeah, what why, the Bible why says. Why not? <laughs> Just read what the Bible says. Jesus is knocking. Why is he knocking? Who wants to come in? Who lets him in? Okay, I've got a really good... Do you know how to use Photoshop? I'm going to make a meme. I need someone to do Photoshop. Oh, I can, uh, dude, I got, I got memes for you, bro. I'm, I'm kind of famous in the meme space. Okay, I don't so, know if you know So you know, know the famous picture of Jesus knocking on the door with the yeah, door handle yeah. on the inside? Oh, the classic, yeah. I want you to do one uh-huh. with... The door handle on the inside, as, as it is, just, uh-huh. just, just copy and paste, uh-huh. and then Photoshop one with a door handle on the outside but not on the inside, uh-huh. and just put Arminius, you know, Jacobus Arminius on one and John <laughs> Calvin on the other. <laughs> yes, that's a banger. This is a good meme. That, Lyle, that's, I have, that's something you've actually... Lyle has suggested memes to me before. He's like, Lawson, 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 you should make this meme. And I'm like, you know, I hear what he has to say and I'm like... Okay, boomer, and then just. <laughs> but that's actually funny. I am funny. not a boomer. I am an ex-gen. That's actually funny. It's so insulting to call an ex-gen a boomer. I am offended. I hope you feel that way. I am. I am. That's just. I. It's, I'm just offended. Guys, I'm about to be cancelled. This is my last show. Yes. I think we need to cancel Lawson because he's he's. This is hate speech. Mm-hmm. It's definitely mm-hmm. hate speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get back to our Bible study. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. All right, what kind of a mind mm. are we letting oh. come into ourselves? Ooh, here's where it gets real, and it gets real fast. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So, the very okay. first point. Mind says, being the form of God, he did not think it robbery to be equal with God. Mm. In other words, for Jesus to stand here on earth... And stand in front of the Pharisees and say, I am. Mm-hmm. That's a proclamation of, I'm God. Mm. And the Jews knew exactly what he was saying when he said that because they picked up stones to stone him to death. Yeah. He just claimed to be the self existent God. Mm. For you and I to do that, that would be a sin. Yeah. That would be blasphemy. Blasphemy. Not only that, but it would be identity theft. That's right. And for Jesus to do that, it was not identity theft because there's exactly who he is. Mm. So this was not identity theft. And, 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 the, and what Paul is pointing out is that, yeah, he can stand here and claim to be the great I am because he was. Mm. But as the great I am, why were so many people not convinced? Well, because he, became, he came as a human being. Yeah. Uh, then it continues on in verse 7. What does yours say in verse 7? It says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, 
and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Ooh, he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, came in a human form. Yeah, powerful stuff right here. You know, God has the ultimate reputation. Mm. And as a result of that, his name is the one that is most used as a blasphemous word. Mm. But Jesus took no reputation on himself, none whatsoever. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Love it. All right, let's get back to our Bible study. Let's see where we are. But before I get into the Bible study... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The question yeah, yeah. for know, the, the quiz. The final one. The, funny, the final one. This is a good passage. We have to give everyone a chance to be able to win this amazing Favorite Days of Daniel passage. board game. What made Solomon a mighty and powerful king? 0491-064-669. The answer to that one is in the book of First Chronicles, right at the beginning. I'll give I'll give you that clue so you can get in there. But 0491-064-669 is the number to call it or text. What made Solomon a mighty and powerful king? Okay. If you know the answer to that one, give us a call. You know the number to call, so call us right now and you will get your name in the hat. That's 491 Mm. Okay, so... Let's go to text messages. This is an interesting one here. Mm. Smart devices are spying surveillance and data collection or harvesting devices. Yep. That's a fact. Tell me something I don't know. That's a fact. <laughs> Too many people have no idea that, the, that SMART is an acronym for Self-Monitoring Analytical Reporting Technology. I don't know if that's official. <laughs> I don't know if it's official or not, but it's certainly what it does. <laughs> yeah. uh, smart devices self-monitor, analyze, and report back to the source all data going through them, which makes them data collection, spying, and surveillance devices. Yes. Also, mm-hmm. the English word, English definition of device is also a plan, mm. procedure, or scheme for devious purposes. So smart devices are designed for devious purposes. That's from David. Okay, so this is an interesting one right here because this is very true. I mean, this is this is the world in which we live. They are yep, designed. They are designed. They have algorithms to collect everything that they know about you. Dude, Google, okay, has all of my credit card and passwords saved yes. to every single yes. one of my accounts yes. of everything. They can shut you down in a heartbeat. Dude, hun- dude I would be done. Actually, now, here's what is interesting. Yeah. What's okay, interesting? Show you. I was just oh, going to okay. say, actually, I haven't carried my bank card with me for the last nine months. I have just carried everything on my phone. I haven't carried a wallet in the last nine months. Everything's just on my phone now. I haven't carried a wallet for probably maybe six years. No, but that's because you've got your cards in the back of your phone. No, they're on my phone. No, no, but my my cards... My, phone, my cards are actually on my phone. For the last six years. Not for the last six years. been on my phone for probably two yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, same. Like, I don't carry my license. I don't carry my... Everything's just on my phone. Yeah. So they know everything. They do. Mm-hmm. That's the simple reality. And we need to live our lives under the assumption that they know everything. Yeah. And, of course, I come across people who are like, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with technology because I want to protect my privacy and I don't want them to have an algorithm that is building a picture of me. Here's the simple reality. That's an impossibility in today's world. Mm-hmm. They are building an algorithm on you regardless of whether you are a member of Facebook or not. Mm-hmm. 
They have an algorithm that is collecting data on you. And a lot of that data can be collected so easily simply by looking at the social connections that you have. You know, in our world, there used to be only six degrees of separation between every human being on this planet. Facebook came along and single-handedly, one piece of social media reduced that by half. Mm. Now think of how much social media there is out there and uh, how much uh, there is that is going on in our world and uh, and when you start to cross-reference all that social media, you can build a complete profile on somebody that that has no digital footprint whatsoever at all mm. and don't think they are not doing it. Mm. They are absolutely doing it. And Where's a the- small puppy just walked into the studio. <laughs> oh what is going distracted. on? <laughs> Lawson just got massively distracted. Producer Shell disappeared out of the production office. I'm trying to do radio and I'm thinking, and I cranked my head around and there's a puppy. There's the cutest little Okay, puppy let's get back to that Bible study. Anyways, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> okay, but here's the, here's the point. Yes. In the world in which we live, mm-hmm. the solution is not to avoid smart devices. Mm-hmm. The solution is not to... Um, is not to you know wear a tinfoil hat or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. The solution is to live as if under the assumption that they know everything about you. Mm. Because you know who else knows everything about you? Yes. Heaven. Uh, they know a lot more. In fact, that yeah, they, they don't need an algorithm. They truly know everything. And you know what the Bible says in response to that? Because of the judgment that comes from heaven, fear. Don't fear those who can kill the body, but fear him who can f- kill both the body. And the soul. In hell. In hell. Absolutely. And who is that talking about? God. So let's, instead of fearing those who can kill the body, you know, I, I am all for tactfulness. We must be aware of what's happening. Yeah. We must be educated as to what's happening. We should not be walking around with our head in the sand in relationships to what's happening. That's and right. we must recognize that this technology will be used to fulfill Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. But we don't avoid it. That's right. I, I think it's like, you know, there's a level of tactfulness, right? It's like if you are in the underground church in North Korea, you're not going to intentionally compromise yourself because you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not scared of anyone because you will lose your opportunity to share Jesus with people. Okay, but think about this for a moment. I want everyone, I want you as a listener this morning, I want you to think about what kind of a picture... Mm has your digital footprint created? Mm-hmm. Is it the picture of a Christian? Because let's face it, our digital footprint is a picture of our secret thoughts. Mm. Because we spend our time online by ourselves a lot all the time. Mm. What picture has that created? Has that created a picture of Jesus or a picture of Satan? Mm. It's going to be one of those two. Mm. Stop looking at the puppy. Let's get into our Bible study. We're in in Philippians chapter 2, and this is an awesome one. Mm -hmm. That is like the cutest puppy I think I've ever laid eyes on. This is, this is wild. <laughs> so bad. All right. All right. Should, I think that we need to have a law. No puppies in the studio. <laughs> just, it can't be done because it's <laughs> just distracted. Yes. But Jesus, he takes up the position of a slave, uh, he takes the position of a captive. In a body on this earth, even though he does not call it robbery to be compared to God because he is God. Verse 8. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died the criminal's death on the cross. Wow. Mm. 
Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Mm. So not only did he step down to become a human being, and we who do not understand the greatness of God are unable to even begin to fathom what that means, to be, to step down to that level, mm. because we think, oh, you know, human beings, man, I'm a human being, that's pretty good. We, we just have no idea. Mm. But then he died on the cross. Yeah. And that's just another level altogether. We, we like think of humility and it's like, oh, like imagine if I was like a rich person and then I was humbled to the point where then I was like a really poor person. I lived as a the homeless or something. But Jesus, Jesus was God. Mm-hmm. Jesus was so much more than a rich person. Mm-hmm. Jesus was like the creator of the universe and literally God. And he became someone who, far, far worse than being homeless, he was crucified. Yes, indeed. Wow. All right, so we're we, we up to verse, uh, verse 8, verse 9. The Bible said, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name above all other names. Okay, so when you read through this passage here, you know, the Bible begins by, let this mind be, with, be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Then it describes the mind of Jesus. Mm. Humble himself, became obedient, died on the cross. Mm. So what does that mean for us? Humble ourselves, become obedient, die to self. Mm. It is really that simple. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is time for answers to our quiz questions, followed by question of the day. Lawson, give us some answers. All right. In Luke's account, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, people threw clothing on the road before him. The armies of Syria were blinded by Elisha's prayer. It was Peter, James, and John who accompanied Jesus when he raised Jairus, uh, Jairus's daughter, back from the dead. Uh, God lengthened Hezekiah's life by 15 years, and finally... What made Solomon a mighty and powerful king? Well, the Lord God was with him, according to First Chronicles 1 and verse 1. But right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right. The Adventist church requires biblically-based observance of the Saturday Sabbath. Does the church members... Do, do, oh, sorry. Does the church bar members from leaving their homes according to Exodus 16 and verse 29? Yeah, well, there's two words there that are really quite, kind of bizarre in the question. One is requirement and bizarre. I'm sorry, right, requirement and... and um, bar. Bar. Yeah. Uh, the church is a church. Mm-hmm. This is not like a gang or a cult or something like that. <laughs> you know, one of our core values as Seventh-day Adventists is freedom of choice. We don't make requirements on anybody. We're not the state. Mm. Um, and, and speaking from the perspective of the Adventist church, and I think this applies pretty much across the board to all churches and possibly a major understanding of Christianity and the way that Christianity actually works is that we preach the Bible. Mm. We call people to allegiance and mm. fidelity to what the Bible says. People make up their own decisions as to what they do and what they don't do with that. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's move to the, uh, the the specific verse in question, which is Exodus chapter 16 and verse 29, where the Bible says, See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore he gives you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Live every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. 
Mm-hmm. And so the question is, okay, does that mean that everybody has to stay home on the Sabbath day? If you take one verse on its own in the Bible, you can use that to, you know, a whole lot of different things. When it says, let every man stay in his place on this particular day, does that mean his house? Does that mean his tent? Does that mean his suburb? Does that mean the camp of Israel? Mm. Does that mean the nation of Israel? Mm. What does that actually mean? The Bible doesn't define what that means, and so you've got to look at context and look at the rest of the Bible to find out what does it mean to stay in your place on the Sabbath day. Okay, so the first place that we're going to go to to answer that question is Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 3, where the Bible says, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy gathering together. Mm. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. And so the first thing that we find here is that this was a day when the Israelites were to gather together. Now, what we're going to find is that they were to gather together to study the word and to worship God. That's what we call church in a modern context. Uh, It was not called that at this particular time. And when it was instituted... In the wilderness, this would have been a time when they gathered together in each other's tents Mm. because they were living in tents. They were in the wilderness. The services of the sanctuary are still continuing. The priests are still traveling from their tents, you know, half a mile across that open space to go and perform the services of the sanctuary, Mm. etc., on the Sabbath day. Okay, so that gives us a little bit of context. We get a bit more context when we go to the example that Jesus gives to us in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, where the Bible says, uh, verse 16, he came to Nazareth, that's Jesus, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and Mm. stood up to read the Bible. So this was Jesus' habit. He went to the synagogue on Sabbath. He went to church on Sabbath. Uh, That was the equivalent to church that they had back then. A little bit different from what we do in church today, but not that much different. You know, there was a teaching area. That's what we do. We go to church and do Bible study. You can Mm. pretty much go and do 20 million movement Bible study uh, in most of our churches any time that you want. And so that's what he did every Sabbath day. This was the example of Jesus. Mm. And once again, what you've got is a gathering together for worship and Bible study on the Sabbath day. This is why... All of Christianity has invented the idea of church. And where did they get that from? They got that from Leviticus 23 and verse 3. Mm. Change the day of worship to Sunday. I get that, but that's where the idea comes from. Finally, we'll go to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, and we will look at this passage here by Paul, um, who really illustrates the importance of church. He says, uh, verse 23, 24, uh, let us hold, or verse 23, let us hold, uh, where are we? That's not the verse I'm looking for. Oh, yes, verse 25. Uh, let's, for 24, I'll, I'll figure it out. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. How do we do that? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day of approaching. People who follow the Bible have been reading these passages and many other like them down through history, and regardless of whether you do it on a Saturday or on a Sunday, they have discovered that the biblical model for worshipping God is one day a week, spending that day at church, gathering together, Mm. worshipping God in fellowship with other believers. So the Bible says, yeah, don't, don't go out of your place. You know, Don't go on a long road trip on the Sabbath day unnecessarily go to church that day. This is a day for going to church and worshipping God, not a day for doing road trips. Uh, 
We have come to the end of our show, and if you would like to see a photo of the major distraction that walked into our studio, otherwise known as a very small puppy, that very small puppy I think is up on our Facebook page. Yes, producer Shell is nodding ahead. You can see the photo of the of what ruined our radio show this morning. Because <laughs> I didn't ruin because it. Because enhanced it. Lawson Lawson was looking at the puppy, and the puppy was behind me, and I desperately wanted to see the puppy, and I couldn't talk, and he couldn't talk because <laughs> there was a puppy. <laughs> But we were blessed. But it was a puppy that was... Yeah, it's just a puppy. Okay. I got another, it's, on, it's on our Facebook. Go and have a look. I got another we'll text see. message here. Final text message from Braden. He says, As Christians, I am happy for them to build an al- algorithm on me, and I pray that that algorithm describes how Jesus has worked in my life. Amen. Agree. Absolutely. Agree. Don't forget to go as you go through this day to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.